You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. OKSIS. Hello, hello. Hey, sisters. How are you? Sisters, welcome. Welcome back. To OK, sis. I'm Scout. I'm Mads. If you're new, welcome. We love you already. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the craziness. Welcome to the silliness or the banter that I get beaten on every yeah. day. Yeah, That's exactly. That's about it. You know. You know. The usual. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have some exciting news about... Selena. Yeah. Tell me everything you know because I haven't read anything about it. I really don't know that much. So, but, so, uh, for all the listeners out there, Scout and my, yeah, Scout and my favorite Mm -hmm. movie is Selena featuring Jennifer I mean, Jurassic Park's my favorite movie. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? Sorry, sorry. Selena is our second favorite movie featuring Jennifer Lopez as Selena. We used to watch her last, I can't pronounce her last name. I don't even know her last name. Scout. Sorry, am I a bad fan? Diane. I don't know. Okay. So sorry. we used to watch <laughs> Selena when we were super young. We would do the washing machine dance move in our kitchen. And bitty bitty bum bum. Bitty bitty bum bum. Bitty 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 bum bum. Bitty 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 bum bum. But Oh, we don't know the oh, words. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was good. Wow. Anyway, so we used to listen and watch that movie on repeat. So we were obsessed with Selena. I cry every time I watch it. Every time. It's just, it's iconic, guys. And they're making a Netflix so anyways, series. So anyways, yeah, so they're making a Netflix series. Which is unbelievable. I'm stoked. I, can we binge needs, it together? Of course. She needs to be preserved in every which way she's perfection she's perfection we need to be here for halloween this is what happens every halloween i remember this costume months after halloween okay we're making a pack right now 
that next Halloween we will both be Selena. We're gonna do the one with the hol- the, the 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 costume purple that, one. Yeah, the costume that Kim Kardashian did. She, she did looked so good. Yeah, she looked fucking bomb. But okay, we're well, gonna look bomber. Yes, we are. Yeah. If bomb you is have, a word, you have big tits, so it works for you. But thanks. I don't think mine. I don't think it'll hold up. It's but we'll like see. that titty towel we were talking about. Titty towel. I'm getting you that for Hanukkah. Even no, though it's I no don't want it. Okay, don't do it. Well, it's happening. Oh, um, anyway, so what's the word of the week? The word of the week is benevolent, which what? Is, that's, okay, no, sorry. it's a good one because we need more adjectives. Sure, but it's like we know what that means. Yeah, but it's a good one. It means okay. friendly, generous, or helpful. Yes. And our guest this our guest. week is very benevolent. Oh, yes. Whenever, okay, wait, wait. I mean, okay, this is going to be a tangent. But whenever I think of benevolent, I think of benevolent dictator. I don't even know what that means. What are you talking about? Isn't that like a, a historical thing? Yeah. Um, or like a dictator is benevolent. To be quite honest, I thought benevolent was a negative word up until right now. <laughs> so. Maybe because it's associated with dictatorship. So I'm really shocked to find out <laughs> that it's a positive word. Doesn't it mean like kind, sweet, calm, yes. helpful, generous? Helpful, generous, yes. Yes. Yes, benevolent. Benevolent. So yes, our... Our guest, Jaylon, she is the creator of the Taylor Magazine. Which is such a good site. Sick. So sick. It's like all about self-love and self-care and it's like I such mean, all the topics that are pertinent to us. To our lives. That are ingrained in our routines. Yes, I agree. Girl, so anyways, we had her on. I am on one today. You really are on yeah, one today. So, I'm, so I'm feeling on. a little off, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little one. off. Oh, I don't know if I'm on, but I'm on one. You're on. You're definitely on one. I don't know what, what's going on with me today, but there's yeah. that. Yeah. Anyways, she the, she founded the Taylor Magazine. There's like all these contributors. We talk about how to become a contributor. We talk about she how also, the na- how she named it, which is such a funny story. Yeah. You guys are gonna love this story. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's very cute. But she also interviewed our childhood crush. Oh yeah. You'll hear about it. You're gonna hear. You're gonna about hear it. us fangirl and freak and geek out and. It's so beautiful. She's so precious. She, this is also our first international. Oh yeah, because she's interview. based in London. She's based in London. Okay, that was terrible. I know that was really that was bad. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I, I I retract my your English British accent. Yeah. I feel like I do it in this episode too. <laughs> you think you might actually? That sounds quite well, familiar. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay, <laughs> sisters. Mads is very poor English accent. Yes, very poor. I I'm would Harry say. Potter. Okay, let's not. Let's just keep oh, on Jaylon, rolling. Such a benevolent woman. Such a benevolent woman. Ugh. Now I'm going to use this word all the time. I love it. Okay. What? You didn't seem that excited. <laughs> I was like making a statement here. I know. Word of the week. Um, I'm really feeling our, our previous word of the week. Schwitz. Yes. No, because it's cold right now. Yeah, but not in here. Oh, how's your natural deodorant going? As I mentioned... It's not an antiperspirant. So are you still sweating a so lot? So I'm sweating out of control, but I do not smell. So it is it is kind of nice. I think I'm going to get the Kopari one, or should I get the Bloom one? We need to support our Bloom sisters. You're right. I'll get the Bloom one. Bunny. Love Bunny. And Terry. They're so cute. Yeah. Okay, so it's working. It's working. I'm just saying that I'm But a it hasn't person. been two weeks yet. It hasn't been two weeks. So I we have, we have to give it. My body needs to um, adjust. Um, detoxify. Yeah. So yes, let's yes, give yes, it a yes, little yes, bit. Yes, let's yes. give it a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going full, full aluminum free over here. Okay. I'm going to order this. We, I mean, we've been saying that for a while. Well, no, I it. said that I would order it after the two weeks, but now I'm feeling like I should order it sooner. Yes. Cause then it'll get here when the two weeks is up. And then I'll know. 
then you'll know the results. Okay, got it. Perfect. Love it. Anyways, uh, enjoy this episode. Enjoy the episode, sisters. Have fun. We love you. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. 
Introducing Jaylon Kumbarji, the creator of Taylor Magazine, which is a digital lifestyle publication and a minimalist guide to life tailored for you. Jaylon came up with the idea for Taylor Magazine a few years ago when she found it hard to find a place online solely dedicated to self-love and talking about self-care in an honest, open light. She was 22 and still at university, studying journalism. She founded Taylor Magazine in 2015 as a passion project with the goal to create a community for millennial females to share their stories and talk about all things self-love and positivity with little focus on fashion or beauty. Coping skills, tips, and advice from columnist Nomi Leisure are all things that can be found on Taylor Magazine. With over 300 contributing writers from all around the world, it has quickly become a community of incredible people and would be an honor to share more about the story and goals with you. Without further ado, Jaylon. Hello, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, nice. Thank you for having me. So you're, excited. you're all the way in London, too. I am, yeah. It's like 7.30 here, and it's really cold and really rainy outside. So, yeah, it's like a really nice time to be cuddled up on my sofa chatting to you guys. Amazing. Um, so, Scout and I are actually going to England in a couple weeks because our, oh, yeah, our step-siblings uh, live there, and we're going there for Christmas and New Year's, and we're so stoked. So, we'll have to get all of your recommendations. Even though we're only in London for one day, but... We're only in London for one day, but we're going, we're going to be, where are we going to be? Uh, Nottinghamshire. Nottinghamshire. Do you, do you know about that area? Mm, not massively, but I can imagine there are loads of cute little pubs and it's going to be really pretty at Christmas. So I feel like exactly. good pubs are the main thing to try and find anywhere that you in the UK around Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. I love all your guys's like little Christmas uh, markets and then the yeah. mold wine. Ugh, and we're Oh yeah. We always make mold wine. We're praying for snow. We're it so snowed, excited. Last time we were there, it snowed like right. I know, in the but I feel like trip. that's I feel like that's not common. I think that no, I can't yeah. remember the last time we had snow for Christmas. To be honest, it uh. sometimes will come like really randomly in February or something when no one really wants it. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Christmas. Yeah, we'll pray. Um, <laughs> okay, so cool. So let's do a round of current fixations. Scout, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, okay, so my current fixation right now is the TV show Brooklyn Nine Nine. It is um, Andy Samberg's show. Mm-hmm. If you know Andy Samberg, he's from SNL and The Lonely Island, it's called. When I when I was in college, I watched like every Lonely Island movie <laughs> possible. Um, I love Andy Samberg. And it's basically a TV show about um, an NYPD precinct in Brooklyn. And it's hilarious. The characters are gold. Like they put such great thought into each of the characters. And um, my husband and I are just binge watching it right really now. okay so i i i mean i've heard amazing things it won tons of emmys yeah, one year it and it's like, like the super, first year it came out yeah it's super popular i just i don't know for some reason i'm not into like sitcom-y shows oh, like that i am no oh, but it's okay. like a, it's like a party either but i have heard great things about it and it's one of those ones i'm always like right netflix i'm gonna spend a day getting yeah into it. Yeah, there's just two other ones on my list that are higher up, so I've never actually seen it either. Oh my god, you guys have to watch it. I have a weakness for comedies that take place in the workplace, so I love The Office, I love oh, Parks right, and Rec, right. so like <laughs> this is right up my alley. Totally. Okay, okay. I need a new show now that I finished Shit's Creek, so I need a new yeah, show. Yeah, start with Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so my current fixation is a new skincare product. 
dun dun dun. (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) No surprise here. Um, So uh, as everyone knows in the podcast, Scout and I suffer from hormonal acne and it's just been out of control lately. But I just got like a mini facial at Blue Mercury, which is this um, it's this uh, beauty store mostly on the East Coast, but they just opened one in L.A. And um, they recommended me their blemish lotion. So Mario Badesco has a very similar one, but the esthetician there actually said that the Mario Badesco one has this ingredient called talc, which is like not even FDA approved. And she was like, you probably shouldn't be putting this on your face. So yeah, so Blue Mercury has their own line called M61 and they make their own quote-unquote drying lotion and it's like a spot treatment essentially so it has your you know typical salicylic acid glycolic acid but it also has witch hazel and tea tree oil and then aloe and cucumber so that it can soothe the redness because that's a huge thing for me because I not only want to dry it out obviously to to mitigate the, the blemish but I want to soothe the redness so I did it last night and I do see a difference. I'm going to keep doing it each night and just put it on the little blemishes and see if it dies down. But um, I I recommend it. It's a good it's a good tool. And I've heard like great things about this type of type of drying lotion. You'll have to report back. Yeah, Yeah, I'll report back, sisters. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, Jaylon, your turn. So my current fixation is um, it's also a TV show, actually, um, but it's one that I've kind of been revisiting. So I kind of started to watch um, season two of The Sinner and season two of Making a Murderer. And I was like, right, these are both super dark and I want to, you know, get home and watch something that's a bit more feel good. So I started rewatching Jane the Virgin which is one of my favorites and it's just super feel good it's about this girl who kind of gets artificially inseminated and it's all a bit random she's completely a virgin has never slept with anyone and she gets um artificially inseminated and the guy who is her baby daddy is this really rich sort of hotel entrepreneur like a bit of a playboy um but the story evolves and it's actually basically a beautiful love story and it's really super super cheesy but in a great way and it's one of those things that you watch and you just feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside. It's really, really funny. And I started watching it when it first came out about four years ago. And um, I remember it kind of got a lot of stick for people being like, oh, well, it's not actually a real show. You know, it's kind of more of a sarcastic show. It's a bit more, you know, lighthearted and it's not really serious. But actually, it's such a, such a moving show. And there are so many topics it touches on that I watch and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to cry. So I have decided to start rewatching that because I feel like during December, that's the sort of show that you should definitely be watching. I've heard good things about Jane the Virgin. Yeah, I I also have not seen Jane the Virgin, but I have heard amazing things. Also, oh God, what's the, what's the name of the main character? Um, Gina Rodriguez. Yes, Gina Rodriguez. She's awesome. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Like the person that you want to be your best friend. And even in the show, totally. her character is so relatable. And she's kind of got this mix of being really soft and really balanced, but also very strong and independent. So you watch Amazing. her and you're like, wow, this character has really transformed since, you know, season one when she was first finding out she's pregnant to now when she's got a child and she's been married and all this cool stuff. So it is a really, really um, interesting show just to kind of watch her transform. And I just think she's an amazing actress and an amazing person. So mm-hmm. initially, that's kind of what drew me towards the show anyway. Yeah. It is such a wild premise. Like, 
I a know. virgin who gets pregnant. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it, though. Oh, my God. That's great. Um, okay, so let's talk about you. We're so excited. <laughs> Taylor Magazine looks incredible. Like, I've been following Taylor Magazine for a while because it just popped up on my Instagram everywhere. You guys are everywhere. It's amazing. Oh, it is so incredible. Cool. Yeah, thank it, you. Just a uh, quick question right off the bat. Like, um, is the majority of your audience in the UK or in Europe, or do you guys have a major following in America as well? Yeah, to be honest, it's a bit split um, because a lot of our writers are actually in the US, and mm. our advice columnist Nomi is also in the US. Um, so typically, I would say it's kind of split equally, maybe a little bit more towards the US, actually. I'd say maybe 60 40, um, and that's primarily because we also do a lot of interviews with people that we're interested in who are in the US as well. So we get a lot of interest from, you know, for example, we did um, the Kind Campaign founders, and even though they travel all over the world, they're primarily US-based as well. So it's cool because those sorts of interviews gain a lot of interest from people worldwide. But I would say typically, yeah, the US is where we get most of our readers. That's so fascinating. So tell us a little bit about your version for Taylor Magazine when you started. How did this all come to fruition? Yeah, so originally I was massively into wellness and self-care and positivity. And I would buy print magazines all the time. I was obsessed with like Cosmopolitan and Glamour and all of those publications. But I'm not someone who's massively into beauty or fashion. So I would find that, you know, I would really enjoy flicking through those magazines and reading some of those really key interviews and articles. But I was sort of looking for something that was a lot more focused on just being the best version of yourself rather than always aspiring for other things that are maybe slightly down a little bit and, you know, things like this is what you should have. And if you don't have this, then maybe you're not good enough. And I don't think that's always the best message. I think if there is a platform that's solely dedicated to, okay, this is how you are, this is, you know, here's some tips on things you can do to make yourself feel better if you're having a bad day or something like that, then that will hopefully, you know, give people that confidence to feel like they are enough. And so initially the idea kind of came just from looking online at different publications, reading lots of print publications and thinking, hmm, I want to read something that's more about feeling good enough and feeling like you're worthy as you are. And so I sort of initially started it when I was at university and wasn't really sure how it was going to turn out. I wasn't sure whether it would just be me writing for it, whether I would get writers and you know friends to help out. So I started it by myself. And then as the months kind of went on, I found that other people wanted to write for it. And then it sort of quickly changed. And I realized, actually, this should be more of a community of writers, because if I want to create a platform that is essentially about self-love, positivity, what better way to do that than to have other people share their stories and share things that help them? Something that might help me when I'm having a bad day might not actually be relevant for somebody else. Whereas if there's tons of different voices coming together and tons of different people sharing you know, their experiences and things that help them and their tips and their advice, I feel like that's definitely a more cohesive platform and can actually help more people. So that was where the idea come from, came from and how it sort of evolved from my little image of having this website slash blog slash magazine. I and love that. I always really, really loved the idea of a print magazine. I thought that was going to be the way forward. But I've actually found that looking, you know, online at Taylor's readers and the people who follow us on social media, it really is just the way forward to have a digital platform. And 
I found that people are really, really sort of happy with that and they're enjoying the content and it's easy to read. I kind of love the fact that the articles are super snappy and you can just read, you know, there's some things that are readable in five minutes, some things that are more in depth and take 20 minutes to read. It's just about your mood and what you're kind of looking for that day. Mm, Love it. So why is it called Taylor Magazine? Um, it's actually a funny story. So my little sister is 15 and she is a massive Taylor Swift fan. Ah. So I said, oh, you know, I need a name for this. What should I call it? And I had all these different names. I was thinking of like Harper Magazine because I love Harper Lee. And I was thinking of all these different things. And then she said, oh, Taylor Magazine. And I was like, we're not naming the magazine after your obsession with Taylor Swift. <laughs> it kind of stuck. And I was thinking of all of these other names and none of them were really connecting with me. But then... I was thinking about, you know, a strap line or a slogan. And then obviously when the idea came around for other people to contribute to the magazine, the idea of it being tailored for you was sticking in my head as well. So I was thinking, wow, maybe Taylor magazine is actually the right fit because the content is tailored for our readers and tailored for what makes them feel good, what makes them happy, what makes them the best versions of themselves. So actually... Taylor Magazine is a pretty good name for this. And yeah, that's how the name came about. That's incredible. I love that backstory. Oh my gosh. That's okay. so silly. So <laughs> you so random. You started Taylor Magazine as a total passion project. What was it like when you made the transition to it becoming your full-time career? So yeah, initially I started it and I was like, I'm not too sure what's going to happen with this, but I'm not doing it for it to be my business I'm not doing it for it to be my end project I just want it to be somewhere that people can share their stories and other people can come and feel good about themselves and you know whatever happens with it happens but then as I started to do more interviews with people that were really interesting and kind of receive articles from writers or emails from people who had read articles who were really inspired I was more drawn in by the idea of making this a bigger thing and I thought wow if we can actually connect with so many people all over the world, then this is a bigger thing than just, oh, I'm going to help someone who's having a bad day. It's more, wow, this is a platform that people can know about and they can come to this space when they want to, you know, get some advice from Nomi or when they want to read an article about how to cope with mental health issues. There's just so much that we can talk about. So that was where I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what my full-time thing should be. And, Yeah, initially it was quite daunting because I'd never started my own business before and so there are a lot of things involved I wasn't really sure about and I was a bit apprehensive to sort of go into it. But I think it was more just the fact that I knew so many people were enjoying the content and I knew we had writers who were really, really passionate about it. And when I started to get comments from people and emails from people, I thought, okay, this is now something that's bigger than just me and I want to help spread all of this positivity and all of these incredible incredible articles that people have written and just make it super accessible to loads of people so when I decided for it to be my full-time thing that was what I kept in mind when you know things are difficult and I'm sure you guys know as well when you're kind of working for yourself when you're doing loads of projects it's like never a standard nine to five it's always like a nine to ten or nine to eleven or you know it's really really hard sometimes but All it takes is for one person to comment on our Instagram and say, wow, this post has really helped me today. Thank you for sharing. Or for someone to send in an advice post to know me and say, wow, you know, your advice post last week really got me through something tough. And I realized actually this is definitely something that is connecting with people and it definitely needs to keep going. Yeah, that I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I I. (laughs) 
you know, okay, sis, our podcast is definitely something that is not typical, right? Like the typical workload and work schedule. And I mean, here we are. We're, <laughs> we're recording this on a Sunday. <laughs> I know. Look at us. All three of us. And we're all sick at the we're same time. Fun. We're all sick. We're all hustling. It's all good. <laughs> no, but that that's really inspiring because – um, I mean, it seems like you, how long has been, how long has Taylor magazine been around? It's been three years now. Three yeah. years and you started in college. So you're very young. So it's like, this is the only thing you've ever done, which is incredible. Like you've never really worked for anyone else. It's always been for yourself. So that's, you know, that's an incredible, incredible feat on its own. Um, definitely. But I mean, you talked about the contributing writers. So what made you want to start, you know, bringing on other writers? How does how did that community start? And then also just how does one become a contributing writer to Taylor Magazine? Yeah, so initially I didn't, like I said before, I didn't really want it to just be my voice because I felt like other people had so many interesting things to say. And the first email I got from somebody was maybe two months after it started. And we had an interview with... Um, a singer called Jessica Jarrell, who was from the US. And that was sort of our first major interview. And that was so fun. It was my first interview that I'd ever done. So I was really nervous, but it went really well. And following that, I guess one of her fans or someone that had been following her came across Taylor Magazine and reached out over email and was like, oh, I really loved the interview with her. I've got an interesting story. Um, can I share it with you? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And it was this really cool piece. It was about mental health and it was about how she'd struggled but had five tips for coping with anxiety. And that's when I sort of thought, okay, cool, this is definitely something I want to do more of. So when we started to grow our following on Instagram, that was another way that people would reach out to us. But then we also started to reach out to people. So if we read any articles that had really inspired us or we'd sort of look on other publications and read things. We were like, wow, that's really touching. We definitely need to talk about more of these important topics. Then we would start to look for writers who write in that realm of work or talk about those sorts of topics just to make sure that we were covering everything. And rather than it just being, okay, cool, we're going to talk about wellness and we're going to talk about self-care, mm. it would be, but there are other things that make us feel happy. So let's touch on those, whether that's travel, whether that's making cakes and baking and decorating your house all of these different realms of topics that you know people really want to read about when they're having a rough day sometimes if I'm having a bad day maybe I don't want to read about 10 tips to curb my anxiety or my depression mm -hmm. maybe I want to read about puppy therapy or you know something that's totally different and can actually lift your mood without you even realizing so the way that you can become a contributing writer and sort of share those stories is literally just by emailing us with your ideas. And I guess the one thing I always say to people is just ha have a look at what's already on the site and kind of get a feel for our style and the way that we like to explain things. Because one of the main things about Taylor, I think, is that it's like the voice of your best friend. I never want it to be like, okay, here are five steps to solve your problems. It's more just like, hey, this is what I experienced. This is how I overcame it. I want to share it with you. So mm. in that sense, the style is super friendly and super approachable. Um, and any topic that's related to wellness and self-love is absolutely welcomed. I mean, we, that's incredible. And we mentioned in the intro a little bit that you have over 300 contributing writers, which is totally mm -hmm. wild. Um, what kind of tips do you have to manage that many people? Maybe there's somebody out there listening to this that 
has their own company and it's growing and they're managing a certain amount of people. How do you keep all of that organized? Yeah, so actually initially I was really bad with organization. So I would have about 10 different lists. I was one of those people who had like a daily list and then a weekly list and then a monthly list and all of these different files and folders to manage all of the writers and then eventually managed to sort of realize that was not working. I needed to condense it all and just have one list each day and one list for all of the writers and the articles and things like that just to make it more manageable and easier to figure out what topics we wanted to talk about and sometimes with the subjects on Taylor Magazine, there are a lot of writers who will pitch something similar. So it would be a case of just figuring out when the best time is to pitch certain articles, when the best time is maybe to talk about things that are a bit more upbeat and a bit more fun, and then other times where actually maybe it's okay to talk about something a little bit more serious. So all of those are kind of structured depending on like the day, the time of year, what else is going on that month. All of those kind of things are taken into consideration. And Eventually, I put together the most organized spreadsheet of all time, and it would basically turn into my editorial calendar, which was about, I guess, a year to make and complete and make it sort of exactly how I wanted it. Um, And then, yeah, eventually it was just a way of managing all of the writers. And, you know, some writers will pitch maybe one article a month and others will maybe pitch three a month or four a month. So it completely depends. Every single writer is completely different. And some will only pitch when they have a story that is really, really you know, important for them to share. So that might not be contributing every month. That might be three or four times a year. So it does completely vary. And it's not like there are 300 people who send us pitches every day and have all of these amazing ideas because we do get so, so many incredible articles. And sometimes I read them and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so proud to be able to share this on Taylor this is amazing and there are times where I'll email the writer and be like hi thanks for sending that over you just made me cry and you know it's it's so so amazing to have all of these brilliant ideas but I would definitely say the top tip when keeping organized is just have one master spreadsheet one you know clear document where you know exactly what articles and topics you want to talk about that month And we do also send out a monthly sort of content calendar to all the writers. So we say, right, this month, for example, December, Christmas, festive, New Year's resolutions, all of those things are things that we want to talk about and people will want to read about this month. So those will kind of be the main themes for people to touch on. Amazing. Um, Do you have have employees, like direct employees? No, so it's, well, I have um, an associate editor called Katrina, so Mm. she has been with me pretty much since the start of Taylor, actually, and she started as uh, an intern, and then she was a press assistant, and then now she is the associate editor, so she helps me manage everything, she's really, really amazing, and she basically is the person who's in charge of all of the interviews and anything that's happening in the world of Taylor Magazine outside of the articles, Mm. Um, so she's a massive, massive help. And then we have two interns. We have a web designer who works remotely. She actually works in the US. Um, Yeah, and that's it. So it's a super, super small team. And it's, yeah, just something that I love because I love that everyone who's involved in Taylor is as passionate about it as I am. So it works really well. Yeah, that intimacy is really important. And, you know, I I mean, I thrive in small teams, I think. And (laughs) just making sure that everyone... uh, 
is adding value and is it is and you're you're very positive that every single person is as passionate about the about the project as, as you are i think yeah. that's something super important and it's hard to kind of because like if you can do it with a small team just do it like i don't get why people <laughs> i've actually never thought about it but i have worked in a big team and i have worked in a small team and i really do prefer a small team yeah because you yeah. feel like you're adding direct value like you're part and part of a family you're part of a family you're also everyone around you is invested in your personal and professional growth. And it's very <laughs> apparent that everyone has each other's back. Yeah. Like there's no bullshit and every, you know, you could just sense it in a small, <laughs> in a small team and like in big companies, I don't know. There isn't that sense like a of pa- a pathos gets lost. Yeah. There's a pa- yeah, yeah. And it's just like this kinship you feel. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I feel like if you can build an incredible business and scale it at with a small team i say do it like it doesn't make sense to just add on people just add on people like be very intentional nature of the business of of course course. but what i'm saying is like be very intentional with who you hire and if it's actually something a role you need or something like that that's so that's amazing i think Uh, as well with like with um when i started taylor i've initially always had kind of wanted to do it by myself Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't want people to help, but just because I was so super protective of it. I was right. really nervous to start delegating to other people because I thought, well, what if I ask this person to do this interview, but they don't really care about it as much as I do? And, you know, what if this person's in charge of the editorial calendar, but they don't really care that much about the article? Yeah. And I always, you know, really, really was against that because I just thought it's something I'm so obsessed with and I love it so much that I wouldn't want it to be ruined by me kind of not having control over everything so I did have to learn Mm -hmm. after a certain point to let go a little bit and trust that I had people who were massively passionate about it as well and did want to see it grow and succeed and I think like you say when you find the right people and you find people who also believe in the message which is you know self-love self-care positivity then of course it's amazing because you have all of these other people who are so driven and come up with so many exciting ideas I think you know sometimes in a bigger team as well you don't have that sense of friendship and I do think mm. sometimes when it's something like Taylor magazine which is all about building something together and community it's nice to have all of these little you know brainstorm sessions and say okay cool what should we talk mm-hmm. about this month or what are we all feeling about you know this certain topic and should we talk about wellness should we focus on travel what's going on and it's nice that the people who are involved in those conversations are people who, regardless of whether you know they're working for Taylor or not, would be reading Taylor and would be massively invested in those articles and those topics as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I think it's such an interesting point to make that I think a lot of entrepreneurs run into in the sense that they've created something that's essentially their baby and being able to delegate or outsource or put someone in charge of a portion of your baby's success is a really hard thing to do because, you know, if you want something done the best way, do it yourself kind of attitude. But I think once you get to that point and you find the right people and you know how to delegate, like that's where the magic happens. Exactly. Like that's something I definitely suffer with. Like I, I, I'm, I can't, I find it hard to trust people um, or like, yeah, delegate tasks when I haven't built that trust yet. And sometimes when you are in a working environment, 
you kind of have to trust an employee right off the bat. You don't really know them, but you, you know, you've had maybe a couple interviews or something and you, you feel like you've, you, you mesh, but it's like, you really have to put that full trust in them. You don't know until you're like really working with that person. And I mean, even in school, like during like projects, I would just do everything because I was like, I cannot, I do not want to uh trust you with this like it's my grade and like i'm gonna do it all so and that's i think a weakness of mine because it's in the long term it's uh, one it's not sustainable two there are people that can do things better than me (laughs) like you have to realize that people are are um specialized in one specific thing and then they can kind of come on and do an aspect of your job better than you can there's that saying you should always hire people smarter than you yeah absolutely Definitely. And I think as well, it's a lot to do with how you feel about that person in general. Because I think, you know, in general, you know, within the first 10 to 15 minutes of meeting someone, whether you're going to get on or whether Mm -hmm. you have the same sort of vision or ideas. So, for example, when I was first thinking about interns or people helping out, I would know, you know, when I was first chatting to people, whether they were massively passionate about it or not. And if they would say, oh, I read this article recently on Taylor and I loved it then I knew that they were genuinely taking an interest. Whereas if they were kind of like, oh, yeah, I just want a bit of experience, who knows, you know, Mm. then I knew that this project wasn't the right one for them. So I do think it's a lot about reading people and figuring out who is actually going to benefit your business, but also who cares about it enough to really give their all and treat it as if it was their own baby as well. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's. So I saw that you guys just launched this careers corner and jobs board. So it's a place where yeah. creative women can list their talents and skills. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about why you felt the need to create that sort of space and how it developed. Yeah. So we basically, obviously, we're based in London, but we do go and do interviews in other countries as well. So particularly the US. Um, and this year we did a big series of photo shoots in LA and we did a big series of photo shoots in Arizona. Um, So I've been to LA quite a few times before, but this was my first time doing shoots there. And I knew a couple of photographers that I'd found online just using Instagram and stuff like that. But I realized when I was there, actually, I don't have a huge network of contacts in LA for these photo shoots. And then again, when I was in Arizona, I was like, wow, I'm literally using Instagram to find photographers and mm. that's the only way I have really to you know, connect with these people while I'm out here. And I would find these amazing photographers and it was super, super amazing to be able to use Instagram for that because it was so quick and so timely. But I thought rather than people having to do this when they go abroad and search for you know, a photographer in Arizona or you know, a designer in LA or whatever it might be, what if Taylor Magazine had a section for all of these creatives so that when we do go abroad and do another shoot, whether it's in Texas or whether it's in Italy somewhere, we have people that we can reach out to who are literally there on the site with a list of their previous projects or, you know, a link to their Instagram so you can see their aesthetic. And it was kind of definitely from that experience that the idea came about because where Taylor Magazine is a community, it seemed to make sense to also have an extended version of that community in the form of creatives. And, you know, like you said before, we have 300 writers. So even those writers, they want to talk about the other things. They maybe want to talk about fashion or beauty or have other topics that aren't the right fit for Taylor but would be a great fit for someone else. And they also 
have you know other outlets that they want to use their creative in other ways whether that's being an artist or having their own business or you know something else that's incredible and so yeah that was where we thought wow maybe this space can give all of our writers all of our readers and all of these people that we connect with when we travel to these different places a platform to share what they do and connect with other people so it was definitely from that first trip in LA where I was like hmm rather than spending like two hours contacting photographers on Instagram and being like hey I'm in LA do you want to do a shoot with us in a couple of days or a couple of weeks it's so much easier to have this list of incredible women who just have all of this you know the skill and you can just see it all directly in one place so how many people are on on the board right now or on the careers corner so we launched it officially officially last month so at the moment we have we have about 20 people on it um and then we have 20 that we're going to add in december so the start of december monday tomorrow and we'll be adding our next 20 people so yeah it's really exciting and it sort of ties in with our jobs board like you mentioned as well which is similar but a little bit different so this is more of a space where creatives can list their jobs so mm. whether you were hiring for a writer or a designer or a social media expert anything in that creative world can be found on the jobs board and you know people can list their roles there to find the perfect person so again the idea of it being without sounding super cheesy tailored for you and you know being able to find the perfect person for whatever project you're working on whether that's the careers corner or whether that's a specific role that you're looking to fill love that that's so cool I think that's so needed right now I think with the rise of all these women empowerment companies and female creatives and female entrepreneurs to be able to go to one spot and really kind of network with people and also advocate for other women like there's definitely certain networks and places you can find like a list of photographers in LA but to find women specifically and to be promoting other women's businesses is something super important to me. I I think that's an incredible feat that you guys have taken on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, even, you know, when I meet the photographers for shoots, I always really enjoy it because I feel like, wow, this person is doing something so amazing. You know, they're also building their own business and building their passion project and doing something that they love. And every time I've met a photographer abroad or every time I've met up with one of our writers who lives in a different country or anything like that, they are all so, so passionate about what they do. And it's the sort of thing where you leave afterwards and you think, wow, that was actually amazing. I really enjoyed spending a day with that person and hanging out with that person because even if you don't necessarily have all of the same interests and you're not in the same creative field exactly, you do have that similar drive and you do have that sort of entrepreneurship and you want to work for yourself you want to be successful you want to complete your project to the best of your ability and I think that does connect women rather than it being oh there's only room for one photographer or one writer or one web developer it's like actually no there are hundreds and thousands of these women who are all doing incredible things and all doing it in their own way so why not connect them and bring them all together in a space where you know, if I look for a web developer, I want someone who understands what we're doing and who has a similar aesthetic or a similar style. And I think, yeah, like you say, having a community of women and empowering each other is so, so important to do. There's definitely room for all of us. 
There's yeah. room for everyone, guys. There's PSA. room. PSA. PSA. Women don't. There. There doesn't have to be one spot for women. It can be okay. multiple. Absolutely. Oh my god! Can I just say, Jaylon, your voice is so soothing. So soothing to listen. I to. feel like I'm in I'm a in lullaby. A I'm, I'm a, spa. a spa. I'm in a spa. Is that ignorant for us to like comment on your voice? This is like my ill voice. So I feel like. <laughs> Start talking to you. I was like, oh god, I hope they can understand me through my croaky frog voice. So oh my god, you. no, you, you were all. Baby s- gets the cold and she wants to keep it. Um, yes, like, yes, I love that episode of Friends. Scout doesn't know what we're talking about because she doesn't watch Friends. Sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> but, oh god. Here yeah, we go we're all sick. We're all sick over here. But um, yeah. no, okay. you sound like royalty. Yeah. Well, that's just because she's English. Yeah, I know, but. Yeah, I because every time I go to America, they're like, you guys have funny words that you like me to say. So I went to Disneyland a few years ago, and the guy there was like, say mum. And uh, I was like, mum. And he was like, oh, my God, mum. And, like, found it hilarious for, like, ten minutes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a bit much. <laughs> that's a bit much. I mean, we're – so our – I mean, yeah. Our, our stepdad, stepdad is English. Our stepdad and step-siblings are English, so we hear um, the English accent a lot, but – it never gets old. Never gets old. Oh, feels like a like a soothing lullaby. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, a little detour there. But okay. Um, I mean, we're super into self care as well over here at OK Sis. So, um, you know, give us give us some of your favorite self care tips because I'm always looking to improve upon self care and mm-hmm. implement more self care into our lives. Okay. So my new favorite thing um, in the realm of self-care is I bought myself a humidifier. Ah. It's my new favorite thing. And I bought lavender oil. So you put a bit of lavender oil in the humidifier and then you just leave it to run for like an hour. The room smells like lavender. You feel like you're basically in a spa. Mm. And it's just the most relaxing thing. And I kind of do it maybe an hour before I go to sleep. And I'm quite... um, you know, obsessed with self-care, obviously, but I also change my self-care rituals a lot, and I find mm. it quite hard to stick to one thing, because I'm like, well, tonight I'm not in the mood for a bath, tonight I'm in the mood just to, like, get into bed with a magazine and put Netflix on in the background or something, mm-hmm. but the humidifier is the one thing I have been sticking to religiously for, like, the past month and a half, mm. and I have it on, and it just fills the room with this beautiful smell, and you genuinely just can fall asleep super easily and I'm someone who will be like thinking about a million different things when I'm trying to go to bed so where I have that I'm like ah switching off relaxing by like 11 no earlier than that usually but it's a nice way to kind of unwind and feel really really cozy and really comfy I love it I used to diffuse lavender every single night, and I don't know why I stopped. I really need to get back on that bandwagon because I loved it. You were like an essential oils fiend. What happened to you? No, I still use it. I just haven't diffused in a while. I usually Uh, just put it topically. No, but she's talking about humidifier. Isn't that different? Or what is that? Is that different than a diffuser? Well, I I know they are different, and they have different things in – they're a little bit different, and they have different things that, like, you can get from them. So they are – what, I think the diffuser is better for the smell, whereas a humidifier yeah. is actually more for like the air in the room. And yeah. Maybe yeah. So I don't think my one, you're actually supposed to put oil in it. But, <laughs> but I was just like, well, I want it to smell good. I'm just going to put 
some lavender oil in it and hope for the best. But yeah, it seems to be fine. Like it's still working, and oh, yeah, haven't broken we, it so far. So yeah, we need the we need a humidifier. Yeah, oy vey, oy vey, our coughs and sniffles oh. over here. <laughs> yeah, this is lovely. Um, okay, last question. I and okay, maybe the most most important. important. Question. This is the most important question. So I was on your I was on Taylor magazine perusing, you know, reading up on my self care. And I noticed that you did an interview with Tyler Hilton, which we are huge Huge. One Tree Hill fans, like huge. I used to go to my my best friend Noah and I, we were so obsessed with Tyler Hilton. We used to stalk him and go to every single one of his um, his uh, concerts, like across the nation. Oh my god, there was like five people there. Like people did not know who he was, and we were in the front screaming, crying. We were obsessed with him. Um, so please tell us about that interview. When did it even happen? I should have looked at the date because like, is he even relevant? Where is he? Oh my God. That's so random that you say that. I'm like the like, biggest One Tree Hill fan. Ah! I'm obsessed And my lucky number is 23. So oh I have my God. Of course. Behind my ear. And, um, yeah, everyone's like, oh, why is 23 your lucky number? Like, why do you have it tattooed? And I'm like, well. One Tree Hill is my favorite show ever, so I had a bit of a hating moment when I got it tattooed. Ah. But, yeah, Tyler, it was a few months ago, like four or five months ago, um, I did a phone interview with him, and I am a huge fan. I think his music was amazing, and even now I still listen to One Tree Hill songs all the time. I think it's Mm. just the most insane soundtrack ever. I still don't think any show has yet to, like, top it as a soundtrack. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, he has, like, a new album coming out. He was touring Europe with Kate Vogel. I'm going to definitely say her oh, name yeah. wrong, but Kate Vogel. Yeah, um, she was he, on One Tree Hill as well. Yeah, so they were on it together, and they do loads of tours together even now. And their most wow. recent one was this year, I think, and they did Europe, um, and they did, like, Paris and all of these amazing places. And they do a few of their old One Tree Hill songs, but then they <gasps> both have new material that they do as well. That's so, so good. Still, like, fully, fully, yeah playing and touring and writing new music which is yeah so so cool and um yeah tyler the interview was amazing he's so friendly and so nice he was actually i think in paris when we were doing the interview and he was like walking around talking to me and i was just like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to tyler hilton let me not fangirl because you know yeah it was just amazing because i was thinking wow one tree hill was literally my childhood and i'm talking to him about you know him playing guitar and like how he started acting in Montreal Hill and I'm just like mm-hmm, yeah yeah but yeah. really I was like this is amazing like this is so much fun so oh yeah he was such a nice guy so, when, so lovely to see. when I used to watch One Tree Hill my friend and I would pause and write down all the really emo quotes that would happen in the middle and then we kept this like (laughs) running list of one tree hill quotes that were like super poetic and dark that show's like pretty dark that show was so dark and it was so artistic and yeah as you said like the music like no show has ever incorporated music the way that they did it's the theme song oh gavin degraw gavin degraw oh god wow i'm really getting thrown back here so am i love it i love it oh Love it, love it. And even now, I think when I think back to how obsessed I was with it, even though it was quite dark and there were some scenes and some storylines that were insane when I think back to being like a 15-year-old and watching it, it was also so romantic and lovely and you just kind of forget that someone's being like a psychopath in the background for a minute. (laughs) This cute, blossoming love story. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely like my 
probably my favorite show of all time. So, Absolutely. Yeah, well, we're so proud of you. That's awesome. Um, okay, so thank you so much for doing this with us. This was such an amazing. I know. Okay, so tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Taylor Magazine, what to expect, um, any like future projects you guys are launching. Yes, so um, we are www.taylormagazine.com and then on social media it's at Taylor T-A-Y-L-O-R as in Swift (laughs) underscore magazine on Instagram, Twitter and all of that stuff. Um, I basically have my own social media but mainly just use Taylor's because I'm kind of obsessed with like the aesthetic of all of the people that we follow on Taylor. Everyone is just doing amazing, beautiful things, especially now with Christmas. I just find myself scrolling endlessly through other people's feeds, like looking for festive inspiration. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's basically where I am on Instagram at all times. Love it. Um, And then in terms of new projects, so we're actually launching something um, early next year, January time called Taylor Content. Mm -hmm. And that was basically kind of linked to the careers corner, but also a separate thing where it's like a photography hub where if you are traveling and you're going to different places, you can find a photographer only. So it's just for photographers or videographers. And so, for example, say you were going away with like your girlfriends and you were planning a cool trip and you wanted to have a photographer come out and shoot some photos for you guys. If it's like, I don't know, a birthday or an engagement or just something really, really fun, there will be a list of photographers in that area and you can have a look at their aesthetic and what they've done in the past and just basically find a sort of safe space to connect with different photographers or videographers wherever you are. So in a sense, yeah, it's kind of linked to the careers corner in terms of finding people, but this is kind of more based on there'll be prices and there'll be sort of set themes and set days that you can work with these people. If you basically tell us what you're looking for, we will help you find like the perfect photographer for you for your trip. So yeah, that's the next step. Beautiful. I love it. Sounds so great. Okay, everyone can find me at Maddie Mayo. Everyone can find me at Scout Sobel, and you can find OKSIS at OKSIS Podcast. Thank you so much, Jaylon. Feel better. Yeah, all of us feel better. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together